Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time, a Way Sports and Entertainment original. Yeah, I got that right. All right, cool. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. We're going to get you guys ready for the NBA season just a little bit. We're going to take your voicemails. I want to say what's up to all the people who've been doing this with me for a while. I recognize I was gone for a little bit. You'll have to forgive me. I was unemployed. That happens sometimes. It's not that big a deal. We are back, as you can see, thanks to the good folks of Way Sports and Entertainment. Got things looking a little bit classier around here. You know what I'm saying? I got fancy lights. They got lights in here that they control with Wi-Fi from a whole nother city. It is amazing. All of that's going on. It's a lot of things I know that people have been waiting for me to get a chance to talk about. So I'm going to jump right into them right now. Let's talk about Israel. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. And spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class, or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. We will not talk about Israel. The grand opening, grand closing of the right time is not going to happen immediately. But what we can talk about, what we can talk about uh, is some of that good old fashioned NFL action. Did you guys see that? The Eagles played against the Dolphins last night. Um, it was, I mean, I got to be honest with you. When you watch a Dolphins game and they don't score 80 points, you kind of want to ask for your money back. Because that's really the whole reason why we were there, right? Like a nice competitive football contest between the Eagles of Philadelphia and the Dolphins of Miami. That would have been cool. But like the whole appeal of the Dolphins is they go vroom, vroom fast, right? They got the bright idea. And I mean, obviously I feel like they're not the first people that thought about this bright idea, but there is something really to it where like when I was a kid, you'd have one fast receiver and then like some the possession receiver. That's what they would call him. Like the big dude that just caught everything and used him to quote unquote move the chains. And the Dolphins were like, what if we just get the two fastest guys we can find and they'll get another one of those and have them play running back? I don't know. It might work. Didn't like really work last night, um, unfortunately for them. But what struck me from watching that game with the Eagles and the Dolphins, and maybe it's just me, right? I don't think it's just me, but maybe it's just me. And this is actually something that I don't know if you've been waiting on me to get back here and talk about, but it is something that I have been waiting to get back here and talk about. And that is uh, what, what, whatever they call that play, the booty push. 
where they just all get together like on the on the short on the short yardage thing and then they give the ball to old squatty ass Jalen Hurts and I call him that because he squats like 875 pounds but anyway he gets the ball and then he gets in there like doing like he uh running up against the sled and then they get people behind him and then they all go push and push and you just get this going as far as you can now Richard Sherman made a point on uh the Amazon broadcast one night and he was 100 correct that used to be the strategy that they would use um, to block field goals, where you'd put them big old dudes in the middle and then you get somebody behind them and then they push. And then that's how you would like, get the penetration to block the field goal. But they had determined that that was going to create injuries because offensive linemen, it's just unfair to ask somebody to hold at the point of attack with that much weight coming at them in force. So they outlawed that. And then you just let these dudes do it right now, right? That's reason number one that I don't I don't really like think this is the best idea, but also number two. And it's a feeling. It's visceral. And I think that we've all been in a place sometimes where you see something and you recognize, man, the game cheating. Like that's cheating. Are you going to tell me for a second that football was intended for you to line not like three dudes in some kind of formation that you just stack up three dudes back to back and have a fourth one push them or something like that you mean to tell me that that's what this game was ever in? no that, that's cheating and let me tell you how you know that this is cheating right whole lot of y'all are now at this point especially over here um on the youtubes as we do this now whole lot of y'all don't remember old football right Old football was a lot of people running the ball, right? That is what they did. What you got now is the stuff that people enjoy on video games. A lot of pew, 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 right? You see dudes running around doing all this high tech stuff. All these people that went to like high end colleges and all that. Nah, nah, nah. You know who used to coach back in the day? Dudes that went to the army. That's who was doing that. And I ain't talking about like officer school army, right? I'm talking about GI Bill kind of army that's what they was doing it was a whole different mindset and mentality and the very nature of playing football was we gonna beat the hell out of you like uh dick buckus died a couple of weeks ago uh i will remind you of a story related to dick buckus dying um i once saw john cheney speak uh while he was still with us and he wanted to tell some story about Arthur Ashe. And I conclude that he wasn't the biggest fan of Arthur Ashe because he offered the phrase, uh, I won't tell you what I said about him because he's dead. Kind of take that play with Dick Buckus to a degree. However, you watch the old clips of Dick Buckus and Dick Buckus reputation. This is what he's in the Hall of Fame for being ornery. Right. He seemed to be also very physically talented, a wonderful athlete, like defined the whole middle linebacker position. But basically the whole game for him was being ornery because the way football work was you just got big dudes in front of each other and y'all knocked the hell out of each other. That's what they did. Some of these cats had teeth. Some of them did not. It didn't really matter, man. That was that was what the game was. Right. So you going to tell me that at football's most primitive forms, Nobody ever got the bright idea that we just all go run into them at the same time. You gonna tell me nobody thought about that? I've heard the argument that uh, what the Eagles got some dude who played rugby, and so they decided to do that. You gonna tell me ain't nobody ever heard of rugby before now? 
Like, this ain't some game that you get introduced to by watching the Olympics. This is not team handball, all right? Every single one of us has heard of rugby before. Everybody knows something about some rugby. So you're going to tell me that nobody had gotten this bright idea before. No, somebody had gotten this bright idea before to do this. And you know what happened when they thought about doing that? Somebody was like, come on, man, that's cheating. And by the way, if you didn't already think to yourself, hey, man, that's cheating. Maybe something's wrong with you, but that is cheating. I don't understand why they don't run that play every time down the field. Jalen Hurts should be the all-time leading rusher in the history of the NFL. I mean, Sean, am I tripping here? If you can't stop it once, how can you stop it any other time? It don't feel right. Like, I mean, anytime your explanation involves the phrase, well, it's not against the rules, then you cheating. I understand that that seems counterintuitive, but you know you in your heart you are cheating. You are 100% cheating. At the same time, man, that shit is effective. Like, they say 90s. Like, I haven't seen what the exact numbers are or whatever it is. But, Sean, can you imagine how demoralizing it is being on the other team when they do that? This also raises a question for me because the Eagles have one of these guys. And I could be wrong here, but, like, as the game has moved toward, like, high levels of athleticism, just dudes who are just there to be big and fat, we ain't really got those as much as we used to, right? Like, like, like just, like, the Ted Washingtons, um, the Pat Williams, the Gilbert Browns. We ain't really got so many of them no more. It's about time to bring them cats back. Like, if this is going to be your plan, that you're just going to come out here and do that, y'all just got to go find the big, the five most giant human beings that you can find. Like, the Eagles got Jordan Davis. That's what make it worse. They out here cheating while hogging the antidote. And, and both for the audience, they, they weren't able to hear me earlier, but I did mention the fourth and two thing that the Eagles are able to get and the fact that they called the brother oh. shove. But just, you know, introducing myself to the audience now that the audio is working. Oh. Thank you, Sean. So that is to say that now they could hear you because I had no idea they could not hear you. They must have thought I was in here talking to myself. Yeah, maybe you got a new friend over the, the couple month break just to, you know, a little yeah. imaginary friend in your own head. Yeah, that's what I'm about to say. Like, that's what that's when people start getting worried is uh, stuff like that. Like, don't get me wrong. We're going to have a we're going to have a little clunkiness as we get this thing back off the ground. But at the same time, no, I've not completely uh, lost my mind in the course of this. Sean, I'll tell you one more thing I noticed about the Eagles in that um, this whole A.J. Brown is it doesn't seem fair that that dude is allowed to play against cornerbacks. Like, that's a really giant man that also seems to be fast and a bit ornery. He's uh, he's on track for nearly 2,000 yards this season, and it's it's kind of insane how the Titans got rid of someone who's a physical freak like he is. Yeah, I mean, all he did was want some money. At the same time, uh, I watched a little bit of the Titans this year, and A.J. Brown with the Titans, uh, as I saw the great media Gallagher once make a reference once to having a Bader D at a buffet, it'd be like having a hubcap on a tractor. That is what having A.J. Brown with the quarterback situation that they got down there would be. A.J. Brown it, it, with the Titans magically turns into Devontae Adams, who you want to talk about somebody that, that this don't look nothing like the brochure. Everything he thought was going to happen for him none of it has none of it whatsoever they traded his best friend he out there it was jimmy garoppolo now it's brian hoyer and i saw that he i mean he made the legitimate point this offense would probably be better if y'all pass me the ball more um i did not watch that much of that game but i did look down at the box score and i did see that when brian hoyer had five completions five of them were to Devontae adams as it should be just just 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just want to throw that. Just want to throw that out there. But this is a thought I had about the Dolphins Eagles also, and this goes back to the Dolphins because apparently this is what happens at this time of year, right? We get excited about people because they win games early, and it makes perfect sense that we get excited because, and you know, because they won games early. But then a team gets mashed, and then you go back and look at who they actually played, and it turns out that the Dolphins have in fact beat a bunch of bums. Like I don't think they've beaten anybody that has more than two wins right like they might be that team and whenever that happens and your quarterback is not very big it just makes you think more about the fact that their quarterback is not very big I'm not saying that that's fair right and Waddle was not at his best for much of this game all of that stuff but in the end that offense only put up 10 points that's it they had 17 as a team but I saw a pick six like they only put up 10 points we will fluctuate on the Dolphins so fast week to week. And it's just because even at the height of Tua, when he's playing as well as he can, how much do you really believe in that? And Sean, I don't know. I don't know. There, there was a Dolphins beat writer who said the, the concern with the Dolphins isn't necessarily how they stack up against good teams as much as it is how they stack up against physical teams. And you saw that last night. The, the front seven was won by the Eagles throughout the whole game. Yeah, and look, man, I don't care who you are in the AFC. The question comes down to what you got for Kansas City, right? Like, what you got for Kansas City is what it comes down to in the AFC. I mean, honestly, I guess what it comes down to for the world. So they put this fancy thing on the screen about who the best teams are right now. I almost want to be like, you can take that down because it doesn't really matter who. what you got for Kansas City who has beaten teams with defense. You can leave it up. Yeah, you leave it up, leave it up. But yeah, but yeah, like, it's like, yo, we beat, yeah, I, I didn't mean for you to actually take it down. See, this is what happens when, this is what happens when you're working with people that you've never worked with before. They've been taking all this stuff serious. <laughs> no, take it down, take it down, take it down. Um, sorry for the people on podcast. We're doing this on YouTube now, so there's graphics and visuals and stuff. But Kansas City's out here beating teams with defense. What are you supposed to do then? They got Jordan and they beating teams with defense. Patrick Mahomes has never played a road playoff game in his career. And, and I mean, think about this. It was at the beginning of last year that we we're like, whoa, the AFC West, that might have the best quarterbacking of all time in any division. Now it's Patrick Mahomes surrounded by bums. We didn't think Russell Wilson was a bum, but I, he, asked, he asked me for $5 on my way over here today. Um, we got, well, who's the other one? Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo and them. Um, and them, right? Because we're not even going straight. Oh, and Justin, Justin Herbert. Herbert. Who, not a bum. Not a bum. Not what we thought either. At least as of right now. But hey, can we send a shout out to Bill Belichick right fast? I feel like we need to talk about this with Bill Belichick. All of us were running Bill Belichick off his job. We were running him off of his job. And for good reason. Because his team was out there getting schmooked. Right? And it raised the fair question, right? Is Bill Belichick out of here after this year? And then look what we saw before the game started on Sunday. They love a good Sunday news dump leak in the NFL. Bill Belichick signed an extension with the Patriots during the offseason. Now, keep in mind, the last time I saw something that said how much Bill Belichick made is like $20 million a year, right? So I'm assuming that whatever that extension is has some measure of guarantee. And if I were him, I would feel very good about the money that I was guaranteed to get. I, however, would like to take a brief moment to say they will still fire him. Like, no, don't, 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 don't get this too twisted. Don't, don't get this too twisted. They'll still fire him. And let me tell you why they will still fire him. Because there ain't no reason not to. 
Like the thing about having Bill Belichick in place is I have always compared him to Dr. Dre in the sense that, you know, Dr. Dre would have all these rappers that you'd only hear on a Dr. Dre record and then they'd never be anywhere again. Like y'all remember Hitman? Y'all remember Hitman? Right, Hitman was all over 2001. You thought Hitman was going to be next. 2001 sold like 8 million copies. I ain't heard Hitman rap a bar since then. Apparently, Dr. Dre, the only person that I know how to make it work with Hitman, right? Bill Belichick get a roster full of those dudes. And then if you get him out of there, ain't nobody coming in there and figuring it out. Like, I don't know how long it would take for you to untangle the Bill Belichick roster and get it going for yourself. If it doesn't work for him, he got to go and... Every single NFL coach there's ever been, with the exception of literally four or five, have gotten fired. Just about every single one of them has gotten fired. Uh, Bill Walsh, he got out of there in time, but you name them, they got fired. Tom Landry fired him. He's the only coach they ever had. Fired. George Hallis avoided getting fired because he would just work in 10-year stretches and then come back later. Don Shula basically got fired. Uh, name it. I'm sorry. Like, I'm staggering to try to figure out the right one to point out because it applies to literally all of them. They all stay and still somebody fire them because they all think they could turn this back around. If it starts looking like it did for those two weeks, you can still get fired because your owner is really, really rich and really, really old. Meaning not only does he not have to wait, it's probably not a good idea. Well, I got a question for you. Do you think uh, Bill Belichick's coaching tree has outgrown his legacy? Do you think the, the, the people under him have now surpassed what he's done given this tough stretch he's been in? I mean, who who is this on this tree that we are talking about? Josh McDaniels over there looking like booty. I, like, I, I'm trying to Matt, think who Matt on Patricia. this tree. <laughs> Eric, Eric Mangini, uh, 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 Romeo, Charlie Weiss. Like Bill Belichick, what if we find out deep down that the real story of Bill Belichick is how he's been carrying all this dead weight for all this time, right? Like Bill Belichick is actually behind the scenes looking like Bugs Bunny doing all the jobs. Because I mean, none his, of them his own up, son, like, his own son oh, is the right. coordinator. I got to say this about Bill Belichick. He ain't nearly the daddy that I thought he was. And I think I've talked about this before, but I, never, I mean, no, this is never at any point in my life that I thought Bill Belichick would have a son working at his job in front of people with that ridiculous haircut. Like I just, I never, I never thought uh, that he would be that kind of daddy. Maybe I'm tripping, but, but, but I want to get to something right fast before we get to this NBA stuff. I want to get to it. It's kind of important. I think it matters. Uh, actually, it doesn't really matter very much. I just think it's entertaining and it's like up the alley of the stuff that I'd be talking about. All right. So, we have talked about this many, 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 many times on this show that I, I was given this world, I did not make it, and there's certain things that in certain situations that teams do to ensure that their quarterback has a measure of job security. And the best way to ensure or project job security for your starting quarterback is to get a black backup quarterback. That's how you do it. It works Every single time. The city is never up in arms asking for the black dude. Just telling you this right now. Not even in Atlanta. They wasn't out here trying to get no uh, DJ Shockley in there for Matt Ryan. I think they was out there at the same time. I'm just letting you know. 
every single time it goes that way, right? So that's up there in Cleveland where they got old Deshaun Watson, the nasty man up there, and they loaded up the depth chart with black dudes. And he needs to be glad about that because people got all kinds of questions about him right now, but it would be a whole lot different if uh, Kelly Holcomb was somewhere around there. Just telling you now, it keeps the people at bay if you do it that way, right? So you may notice last year, the Giants, who have always been heavily invested in the success of Daniel Jones, I mean, don't blame them. I'd like somebody to treat me like that. You know what I'm saying? Cool. They got Tyrod Taylor to be his backup last year, which was like a twofold thing. One, you got one of the best backups that you could get, number one. And number two, we're telling Daniel Jones, don't worry, man. You got a chance, right? The, la- the, the last time the Giants went to the black backup quarterback, they fired the coach the next day. I'm not making that up. It may not have been the next day, but it was right after. By the way, that quarterback is Geno Smith. It might not have been the worst idea for them to do that. But anyway, that's how you project job security. When I knew that Justin Fields was on the clock is when they got some backup quarterback that I had never heard of, but his name is Tyler Bajant. I believe that's how they say it. I'd never heard of this dude. Tyson. I come to find out that his Tyson, his dad is Tyler. Sorry, Correct. sorry. His dad, arm wrestler. Is, his dad is a, there we go, 28-time world champion arm wrestler. That's right, y'all ain't know that. But, he, but anyway, when I found out that he was Justin Fields' backup and they let P.J. Walker go, who, by the way, is Deshaun Watson's backup. But with, I let P.J. Walker go. I was like, hey, but, hey, hey, Justin Fields, they mean business with you. Justin Fields did not play in this game. Uh, Tyler Bajan, I watched a little bit of it. As I said with the Raiders, I ain't watched that much, but I watched enough. I saw the stats. I can count. It, it didn't seem like that young man was uh, tearing it up, but I imagine that he is incredibly popular in Chicago right now. Now, in New York, it's a little interesting because – Terod Taylor is playing better than Daniel Jones did. Hard stop. There's kind of no way around it. Um, The argument that you can make is that the offensive line play has been better for the Giants uh, with Taylor and they got Saquon Barkley back. But let me tell you something about that. The offensive line play was better. Wait, did they go on strike for Daniel Jones? Like when the offensive line looks like it plays better for one quarterback than the other, it has something to do with the quarterback. Like I'm just telling you that right now. That's how that goes. Sacks allowed is a quarterback stat. And when Terod Taylor is better at dealing with pressure and not taking sacks than you are, that's bad. That's the whole reason he didn't have the job anymore in Buffalo. More than anything else is that he took too many sacks. He's doing that better than Daniel Jones. But they not. They not giving him that job. That's that's simply not going to happen. They want it so bad for Daniel Jones. He seems like a very, very nice young man. Perhaps they think he's still Eli Manning. I have no idea, right? But you can't argue and tell me that he played better than Taylor had in those two games. You're just not going to be able to do it. Not that Taylor has been like absolutely lights out, but he's better than that dude. And where I where I would not want to be Brian Daybowl is, is all of us understand the game. All of us understand the deal. Daniel Jones is going to get his job back. And if he gets his job back and he's still out there stinking, how do you keep looking these other dudes in the eye? Because one thing about football, it's accountability based. Everybody gets that. So it's one thing if you stick with the guy and the other guy hasn't shown it. But when the other guy shows he's better, You kind of got to do something. 
Oh, yeah. Now, I want to go back to what's going on, though, with the Bears on this. Um, And as I said, they took away Justin Fields' job security. But I can understand how they might have done that. What if, rather than meet uh, Mr. Bajan in person, all they did was talk to him on the phone? I want you to listen to him after he got the game ball after the big victory against the Raiders. First start. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. adversity last week justin going down and you know right from the get y'all had my back so i couldn't appreciate y'all anymore couldn't have did that without y'all today and glad we go out there and get a good from the jump guys and he out there with them with them tattoos on the chest and oh, hey 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 I, I, I saw this arm wrestling daddy I, I now i just got all kinds of questions about what neighborhood he grew up in seems to be a little cultural overlap uh I think I think to your point, they saw Tyson on the resume and then they they had the one phone call, no video call. And they were like, this is our guy. Maybe he had an incredible 40 time and nobody let us know about it. All right. That is whatever week this is in the NFL. We'll talk about my man Big Vic in just a second. The NBA season is officially back, and just like y'all, I can't wait for this season to start. I know we're all excited to see how Damian Lillard will fit with the Bucks, if Victor Wenbanyama is the real deal, and if the Suns' super lineup will actually work. But you don't have to wait to get some basketball action in your life when you have NBA 2K Mobile. Season 6 of NBA 2K Mobile is here and better than ever. I love NBA 2K Mobile mainly because I can take it with me wherever I go. I can easily build my ideal dream team or customize my own my player all through the convenience of my phone. Plus, you can play with your friends by joining crew mode where you can dominate the hardwood together as a team. It's the best mobile game for real basketball fans and season six is the best version to date. So download NBA 2K Mobile free at the App Store or Google Play. And use my promo code Bomani Jones to receive a Shaquille O'Neal Pearl Tier card. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? It happens to me too. Whether it's a late night NBA game keeping me up or some chaotic Pac-12 after dark matchup that'll have me up till 2 a.m. You know you shouldn't be watching because it's not good for you, but you just can't get to sleep. One helpful solution can be therapy, which helps you figure out what's holding you back. So you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. Therapy can help you learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries within your life. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for people who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bomani today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Bomani. Hey, uh, the chat room uh, on the YouTube channel. Check us out live on YouTube, by the way, noon Eastern. Um, 
We trying to get this money, man. <laughs> you see all these fancy lights? They don't pay for themselves. Quit hey. Anyway. Oh no, can I can I can I can I can I prove it? How, how can I prove it while I'm busy doing an award-winning podcast? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. <laughs> like, let me teach you a little secret to the game, Sean. You don't work for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, like let us like I'm saying, hey, why don't you give them some proof? What are you talking about? You just put this read in front of me. I'm kidding. 2K is a great game. I have not played it in a while, but I find it to be very enjoyable. Anyway, uh, welcome back to The Right Time, all this. I'm trying to figure out how to do this for YouTube, still do it for the podcast and everything else. I think y'all are going to understand. However, the NBA season starts on Wednesday. And like, there's so much going on in the NBA right now that I don't even know where you begin. Like, I don't even care about who's going to win the East or who's going to win the West and all of that stuff. That's going to take care of itself, right? I feel like in a lot of ways, and I mean, I guess this is a space where I'm going to go into like some larger social cultural observations about the way that we consume sports. There's all kinds of ways that it comes up. It's going to probably be a running theme of this show as it goes. I might be trying to write a book about some of these ideas. Keep it posted on all these things. But, like... We get so caught up in the like opinion slash argumentative space about sports that it's almost like we stop having fun with it, right? Like we all try to be all Nostradamus about it and predict the future and part of it because you got money on something and everything else. But like we kind of turn these games into something for us to evaluate rather than something for us to enjoy, right? It's like something that allows us a chance to argue instead of something that we got a chance to celebrate. And I feel like right now, we got the opportunity, a super duper rare opportunity in such a way that I don't think anybody who's ever watched basketball has had this opportunity where, like, we get to watch Big Vic from the beginning, okay? I don't know how long this is gonna go. With Victor Wimbanyama. I'll throw it out there for you. Let me say this right now. I call him Big Vic. And you know why I call him Big Vic? Because Wimby is just proof that we as Americans have given up on creativity. This ain't hockey, man. Where all you do is just throw a Y on the back of somebody's name and you make it something. This ain't baseball. This is a different world. Since Kevin Durant don't want to be the Slim Reaper, that one's still out there, right? Maybe we can bring it back around. Y'all know me. I call him Le Slim Cause you know when he coming out there to play, man, they're like, hey man, I got Slim, right? You want Slim on your team. He ain't really big man. He's tall man, but he's not just tall man. Can we can we show this picture, uh, Sean, right fast? Cause Big Vic is not simply tall man. Big Vic is apparently the tallest man who's ever played basketball. And basketball is what tall people do. This 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 really happened, right? Andrew Wiggins is six foot seven. And it's basically like somebody told him, hey, man, why don't you try to shoot over a telephone pole? Because this dude went so high into the sky to pitch his shot, it didn't seem humanly possible. We got another clip for you guys, something you will find just as interesting. Now, shout out to all my people that stuck in the 90s and was asking themselves, whatever happened to God, sham God, for all you youngsters. His name is God. It's on his birth certificate. His name is God Sham God. He played point guard at Providence. He got a dribbling move named after him. He's now an assistant coach for the Mavericks. And what his job is, is to wear the world's largest, we're number one, foam finger. And the dudes at practice are trying to shoot over him. He got a paddle in his hand that looked like it's two feet long. And he's going straight in the air because this is what dudes are having to do to practice and get ready to shoot over Big Vic for the slim 
For the listeners at home, uh, it looks like God Sham God is uh, Tom Cruise in that movie Edge of Tomorrow in one of those mech suits with the giant arms and the length. It's it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, and, and Big Vic look like it's a grand opening at some strip mall somewhere. You know the thing, the, the plastic thing that blow in the wind? You know what I'm talking about? Like, like that, like that's what that like the, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. There's no way around it. I went to Summer League this year. I think we may have talked about this before. And I went to Summer League and I watched his first game. And I know it was all jokes on Twitter. It wasn't no jokes in the building. In the building, it was like, oh, this is this is about to happen. And when I say this is about to happen, can we put up on the screen what Eric Spolstra had to say about him? Yeah, we've seen the footage. We've read about him. We've heard what everybody said. But until you actually see it live in person, there's no real way to describe it. I was talking to an agent who talked to some guys he had who played against him and said they talked about it like he was a monster. A monster. Dude, did you see what I guess I guess it was against the Heat. I can't remember which game. He's hitting step back threes at seven foot three. He's out here hitting these cats with low crosses. He went go-go gadget arms on Thomas Bryant from outside to take the charge circle. Dudes in the NBA are out there like, damn. Like, they just can't believe it. It was that one play against the Heat where they had Big Vic playing the back line of a zone. And you know how I feel. Zone is for cowards. Not a fan of it. Just like as a lifestyle, as a way of life, as a mentality, all of this. Exception is made if you have the scariest defensive player I have ever seen running the back line. I'm looking at NBA players afraid to shoot like they playing against their dad. And I don't mean one of them kind-hearted dads. I mean that dad that just just toss your shit like that's that's what it looked like for NBA players like I can't see the goal this dude is blocking people's three-point shots with one starting with one foot in the paint what is what is this what how how and how it, it happened in France like like where, where did this come from? And so I've seen the people who are on the well, I, you know, we'll see if his body holds up. Yeah, we gonna see if his body holds up. We see that with anybody. Why are why are you hating and not celebrating? Because it makes me think that you're perpetrating and you don't really love this. Like when people start getting into their conversations about people being casuals and everything else. No, no, no. If you bout this basketball for real. You are here to marvel at something like this. A seven foot three or four dude who handles like a guard, who passes incredibly well, and quite possibly is walking into the NBA as the best defensive player in the league. I I just spend all my time being floored and shocked as I watch this. Like, Sean, you're a bit younger than me. Do you have any frame of reference for anything looking like this before? Yao Ming, maybe, and and Sean Bradley before that, but no one can move with the fluidity of Big Vic. And oh. I'm I'm curious. Oh, go for it. Go for it. What do you got? Yeah, let me let me let me tell you something. Go look up Yao Ming's first game. Yao Ming had zero points. It looked like he had no business in the NBA. Big Vic looked like the NBA got no business out there with him. 
And I'm curious what you think to all these players currently in the league who are saying, well, wait till, wait till Wemby gets in the paint. Wait till he takes one hard foul. Like, you know, it doesn't they, seem like it's an issue. Are they still saying that? <laughs> like, are they still saying that? I mean, I've, I've heard that said before. The thing about the hard foul is ain't nobody taking no hard fouls, number one. Um, number two, he doesn't really seem to have to go anywhere near the paint if he doesn't want to. Like, me and my man Vinny were talking about this on his podcast, The Good Word with Goodwill. Um... Imagine if this dude develops a hook shot. Like, what would you do? If that dude's out there shooting a hook shot, it would look like me throwing trash, like throwing a trash ball into that trash can that's right over there. I'd be coming straight down from the top. Like, that that's what this would be. What's going to happen when he takes a hard foul? Adam Silver going to come down there and be like, Victor, are you okay? Cut that out. Like, like we going we, we gonna, we gonna, to, and you know what? I'll be like, yeah, that's exactly what we need to do. We need to shut that down right now. Like, like the Big Vic era has arrived, and I just don't know. I don't need to predict what it's going to be. I don't need to predict no championships. I don't need to predict no MVPs. I'm not here for it. I don't need any of that. I am here for a good time, and this looks like it's going to be as incredible a time as, as like, we've seen. Because, like, Sean, I heard you, and you basically just mentioned all the super tall dudes. Like the, I think the closest in frame of reference for him would probably be Ralph Sampson or what Ralph Sampson dreamed of being, but he was just that was just way far ahead of the idea, and he didn't have this fluidity um, or this body. The other person that comes up in this discussion would be Christos Porzingis, who's roughly the same size. And remember how amazing we thought Porzingis was just for being that tall and being able to shoot threes and do perimeter things, and he the could unicorn. block shots, but he was. Yeah, but yeah, the unicorn, right. He is not even the beta version of what we're talking about here. Like, my man Chet was supposed to be the beta version of this. Chet ain't even get to play a game. Like, before we got to see, like, Chet, because there was all this fascination. I wonder what it's going to be like with Chet. We ain't even get to see it. And then the next version rolled out. And, Sean, I did not know this. Apparently, Chet and Vic have a bit of a rivalry. They did play each other in the preseason. They both played very well. And, you know, Chet had postgame comments saying, I can't wait to see him during the regular season. Like Chet's yeah. sounding like a vet versus Vic. You know, it's but both their first seasons. <laughs> yeah, versus a player who's never played a game. But they have a rivalry that actually precedes this. Like apparently they got they got they stuff. They got things. They got that. Thank goodness. Look, as a youngster, I needed heroes and I just ain't really had that many. You're gonna have Chet. And you're going to have Vic like this is this is this is great for the skinny man. This is amazing for the skinny man. Um, And I'll have the chance to watch the Spurs play basketball for perhaps the first time in four years. I I wanted to uh, hit you with this comment from Woe Boat when you were when I was bringing back some of the old players who were talking about the hard fouls. And and he said, uh, good thing Draymond can't kick that high. (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 no. Nobody. I mean. I, I just don't know what I just don't know what you're supposed to do. This is the wildest part. And then we're going to get to your voicemails after that. But this is the wildest part to me. At every level of basically everything. But this happens really in sports and you see it in basketball in particular. Part of the process of moving from one level to another is finding out the things that used to work at that level that don't work at this one, right? Like there's things that you could get away with in high school that you can't get away with in college. There's things you get away with in college that you can't get away with in the NBA. The whole NBA is learning that there were things that it could get away with, but you can't get away with with Big Vic. Like it's going in the whole opposite direction. Like dudes 
I don't know. You're going to have to shoot the way you change the way you shoot permanently. Unless you're just going to try all of a sudden just become a rainbow jumping jumper machine just because Big Vic in the house. That's it. So enjoy this. Root this on. This is our chance to enjoy some basketball. Let's just enjoy it. All right, we'll be back in a few. I was going to say one final thing before we, we head to voicemails is a lot of people in the comments are saying you're a little biased towards Vic because you are also a tall and skinny dude. And? Are they are like all like 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 first of all, if that's the case, whatever. But number two, are you people blind? Can you not see? Like what like what when you I don't understand how you can watch anything that we've seen from the preseason to him and your response be anything other than woo. Like, like, like if you if you think me sounding like this is about some measure of being tall and skinny, guess what? You ain't never wanted to be so short and fat as you are in your life, now have you? No. You have not, which makes me wonder if you just hating. Play some ads. Oh, my bad. Yeah, no break. We're going right into the voicemails. Uh, Bo, if you want to promote this new voicemail line that we have. Yeah, I just dropped the mic and everything. My bad to you little chubbies. I I ain't really mean to make you feel bad. You know what I mean? I mean, go outside and touch the net. It'll make you feel better. Anyway, though, we got the voicemail line coming back. We want to hear from you. We're going to do it a little different now. We're going to make it a more ask me anything kind of situation, at least to start off. We may send you some prompts from time to time, but the line is always open at 323-596-7767. That's 323-596-7767. Go ahead, leave a voicemail. Don't make my man Sean's life too hard, but we ain't never really had that problem with you guys before. It's all good. And Sean, let's, let's go yeah, to our we'll, first voicemail. Yeah, you'll love this one. We'll play it right now for you. Hey, Bo, congratulations on the new gig here. Just want to ask who you think gets fired first, Jimbo or Dabo? Thanks. <laughs> All right, talk about Jimbo Fisher or Dabo Swinney. Which one of them will get fired first? Now, I will talk about Israel. Nah, for real, I am. Okay, Jimbo Fisher going to get fired before Dabo Swinney. And let me explain to you why, okay? Dabo Swinney delivered Clemson that which they never thought was possible. Right. He is kind of the patriarch of that program. It's going to have to get a lot worse before they fire him, because finding somebody that can do better there, I don't think is going to be nearly as easy. And I think that the people in charge there know that finding somebody that can do better there is not going to be easy to do. Jimbo, however, they didn't pay him all that money to not win a conference championship, let alone a national championship. And ain't nobody got to lose as a grandeur quite like Aggie. They were an eight-win school in the Big 12. They had eight-win school in the SEC. This is what they are, but this is not what they believe they are. And I understand why they don't believe that because they got all the money they in Texas. And they don't know they weird. You know what I mean? Like, like when you... It, it's kind of like being around somebody who don't know they smell bad. You know what I'm saying? Like they just think it's just what it is. Now nah, y'all some weirdos. Anyway, here's how this Israel thing kind of comes up. It's tangential, but you'll feel me. Part of why they were able to give Jimbo all that money at A&M is at that time, the price of crude oil was really, really high because the booster class there got a lot of their money tied up in that sweet crude. The oil prices are good. They got money to do things. Now, what Jimbo has is a contract that'll cost them a lot of money to get out of it on the back end. But you know something that drives up the price of oil? 
uncertainty in the Middle East. That drives that price up, which would make Jimbo's buyout a lot easier for some people to stomach. That's what I meant when I said, now we're going to talk a little bit about Israel. It's a real thing. Jimbo going to be out here walking around like it's 1990. Satellite downtown Julie Brown. Peace in the Middle East. He wants peace in the Middle East so bad. Jimbo go over there and negotiate for the hostages himself. Whatever it takes to get this back. Look, he got them to bring Bobby Petrino or they got Bobby Petrino in to be his offensive coordinator. That was them letting him know, yo, time's a wasting, buddy. And time's almost up. We got another voicemail for you. If you're ready for this one. Let's do it. Let's run it. Hey, Bo. It's Tamiko and my husband, Whitney. We are longtime listeners, first-time callers, and we both went to Georgia Tech, so I love hearing you talk about Atlanta, Georgia a lot. The question that I have is I noticed that flag football is now going to be added as a sport in the Olympics. What are your thoughts? And then follow-up question, what are your thoughts on NFL players participating in flag football in the Olympics? That's it. Happy I mean, oh, oh, my bad. I didn't mean to talk over you. Appreciate the call. Uh, here's the thing to me about flag football in the Olympics. Something that is very interesting to me is that with the exception of basketball, our American sports ain't really caught on worldwide. Though I guess baseball, right? You got it in the Caribbean. You got it in Asia. But like the Europeans don't feel like playing that. They ain't that many games. Like basketball got all the way around the world. They ain't that many that's gotten there. And I think that's something that we need to understand about football as Americans, which is, it's very important. Ain't nobody dumb enough to do it but us. We are the only people in the world dumb enough to play and patronize this game. Just us. Just us. Everybody else get a look at that and be like, hey, man, don't you see what that does to your head? Not us. Not us. It's not the way we see this thing at all. So I think they see the flag football as perhaps a way to like sell the idea of the real football to the world, try to get themselves a little more money. And like, nah, I think everybody else in the world knows we are some unique dummies um, in that regard. But I do think it'll be interesting uh, to watch some flag football. Um, I'll be curious to see who else in the world wants to participate in this game. I just and I ask this question sincerely. Why don't you just play soccer if you're playing flag football in one of these other countries? I'm, I'm, I'm sure the people whom you wish to attract uh, for sexual reasons will find it far more attractive. Do you think there's something childish to seeing an Olympic sport with people actually having flags on their side? Nah. The thing about flag football that's interesting is that people take flag football to like a whole nother level. Like those places where people wear mouthpieces playing flag football because just because you take flags off don't mean that people ain't actually out here getting hit. I played in the flag football league for my job once and the other team had wristbands on with the plays. And I was like, yeah, man, I ain't, man, I ain't built for this. That's absurd. That's everything. If you want to promote um, the show, the voicemail line, and, and the fact that we're back, the audience is loving having you back. All right. Cool. You know, we got some interesting times here. I'm trying to, you know, doing this live and with the YouTube is a little bit different for me, but I appreciate everybody that stuck it out with us. Glad we made it back here um, for the right time. We're going to be here three times a week. We'll be live at, we'll be on noon Eastern, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on YouTube. If you're a previous subscriber to the podcast, don't worry. It'll be there on the feed right there where you left it. We're going to do our best to keep this as close to the same as we can, but also, you know, want to put a little new coat of paint on the thing, get things stepped up a little bit. But 
this is not a new podcast. We're bringing the old one over here and making it better. And so I'm glad to be working with the good folks at Wave Sports and Entertainment on getting that done. Um, also, I want to just tell you guys while I'm thinking about it, I had the great pleasure of giving the keynote address for the National Diaper Bank, Di National Diaper Bank Network's um, National Conference in Orlando last year. If you can, go to BomaniJones.com. I think you'll see a link there for In Diaper Need. I'm always taking donations. I've got a goal to get my donation page up to $100,000. So far, I've helped to raise over $80,000 for this cause that provides diapers for those in need all across the country. It's a really big deal, a really big need that people have. So I would like to take this occasion now that we're back. If you want to celebrate it with me, put a little something on that. So, you know, National Diaper Bank Network, please help that cause. They are wonderful people. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us here on The Right Time, Away Sports and Entertainment original thank you guys for watching us on youtube sean you handles everything behind the scenes thank you sir uh remember follow the right time subscribe to the right time rate us review us give us five stars you only give us four stars i'm inclined to believe you are a hater and we will talk to you guys in a couple of days take it easy